The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody. Well, welcome into another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This one's free courtesy of Bet US and uh, Manscaped. But you should subscribe to this podcast and become a patron so you can get it every single day. We are the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Andrew, this week, number four in Malta. So just want to say uh, we are super excited to be joined by Larry Dwyer. He is the host of Bears Talk Underground. They are the Bears podcast for the Armchair Media Network, which uh, our ad guy, Andrew, is the best. Uh, so, Larry, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's Saints-Bears in the playoffs. And I wanted to start here. Uh, Bears fans, you've been to the playoffs two of the last three years, and you're still talking about firing Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy into the sun. Where are Bears fans' mood right now heading into this playoff game? Uh, well, you know, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for having me on the show. Anytime you can be on the number four podcast in Malta, you got to do it. <laughs> That's right. Um, but um, you're, look, you're looking to expand your Maltese. I am. Uh, audience. You know, it's you can never, you know, you know, cancel out any any market. So any. Any Maltins or Maltesans or whatever the word is uh, want to join and hang out with the bear to uh, talk underground from time to time. You know, I'm here. But um, to answer your question, guys, um, bear fans are all over the place right now. Um, we were all in unison about four weeks ago when we lost to the Lions. That was uh, the sixth out of our six game losing streak. We had a 10 to, we had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter and we pissed it all away for. Uh, the Bears to lose a game they had no business losing. So that Monday, everybody was fired. Uh, <laughs> Pace is gone. Nagy's out of here. Uh, Ted Phillips can pack, you know, the president of the organization, pack up his stuff and he's out. And then we're on a three-game winning streak going into that Packer game, and that's where you start to see things teeter. Uh, some of them are still on the fire them no matter what because we're not making the playoffs even if we make the playoffs is are these the guys you want running the organization again you know we're we're still mediocre we're not making progress blah 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 so it depends on who you talk to as to where you know that particular bear fan leans on the future of the team yeah it's so interesting uh high level larry i i just want to ask just before we kind of delve into specifics just general mindset question mm-hmm fan base confidence level your personal confidence level going into this game well um it's uh it's not great you know i would say <laughs> maybe 
50-55%, and that's based solely on how we played you guys the first time around. And that, in, in my opinion, we should have won the game because Drew Brees threw two interceptions that we didn't catch in the overtime period. You know, um, mm-hmm. we, we, we should have taken one, we should have taken at least one of them back or, or you know, or something, put us in a position to kick the game-winning field goal or, or something. I think we should have won the first time around. Now, granted, that was in Soldier Field. That was eight weeks ago. It was a completely different team coming to town. And uh, completely different in the fact that the defense has been awful the last six weeks, and we actually are bringing an offense with us this time. So I don't know what to expect. Um, And like I said, my confidence level is based on how tough we played you guys the first time around, not so much on how we've been playing lately. You know, and that was interesting. I, I kind of agree with you, Larry, in that, like, I rewatched the game yesterday, and I felt like early in the game, y'all had a lot of opportunities where yeah. you did you scored the touchdown, you you know, you hit the long run, Nick Foles hit the big pass, you only got 13 points where, like, you guys' offense, it's such a struggle that, like, when you hit your – when you get these big plays, it's like kind of like manna from heaven, right? It's like you might not be, but you got to cash this ticket in. And I felt yeah. like – Foles gave you a dimension throwing the ball down the field where like at the time the Saints secondary was kind of a mess they were blowing coverages they were having penalties and I and Andrew can vouch for me in that game we were just like when's it gonna happen when is Marcus Williams or somebody gonna bust the coverage and the Bears are gonna hit a giant play in overtime and this is gonna be over it never happened but I look at that and Trubisky just doesn't push the ball down the field so Are you going to miss that component where, yeah, Foles is inconsistent and not very good, but he'll take shots? Uh, how much are you going to miss that, you think, this time around against the Saints? Well, it's tough because it's not that Trubisky doesn't push the ball down the field. It's that he can't because <laughs> his deep ball accuracy is horrendous. It is horrendous. I mean, his stats are not that awful when you look at them. They would be ten times better if he had a deep ball arm. Why? Why I, is I that? I can't. I. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that Anthony Miller or Robinson or this new kid Darno Mooney has been open downfield, and somehow he has overthrown this kid that's got a three point nine forty yard dash by a country mile. You know, it's just I don't know how he does it. He's got an amazing arm, but he's got the accuracy of a blind man when it comes to deep balls. It's. It's, and the Bears really don't trust him to throw deep. That's why, like, if you look at his passing chart yeah. for this Packer game, you know, it was everything inside of 10 yards where he's deadly accurate. But when you get from 10 to 20, it gets shaky. 20 and beyond, it's scary. Uh, we did take a deep shot on on Green Bay that we converted, a 53-yard pass uh, to Mooney there in the first half, I believe. But outside of that, that was literally the only deep shot we took the whole game. All right, so... I want to switch gears and talk about the defense for a second, Larry. Um, my my opinion of the Bears has always been like devastating pass rush, uh, yeah. very tough to block. And that if if I wasn't educated or if I was just kind of doing this podcast without any research, that that's probably the narrative I would go with. But and yet I look at the numbers and I look at first of all the last two times these two teams have played last year with Teddy Bridgewater, four hits on the quarterback, just one sack. This year, three hits on Breeze, one sack. Uh, so, you know, I, the Saint, at least the Saints have done a good job of controlling the Bears' pass rush. But then when I look a little bit deeper, I see 
the Bears are 17th this year in sacks. And I look at the names and Khalil Mack, okay, nine sacks, pretty good season for your average guy, but that's a little low for Mack. And Akeem Hicks is only at three and a half. And Robert Quinn isn't doing much. Barkevius Mingo isn't doing much. Uh, so, so I'm just a little surprised to see the sack numbers are kind of down. Is the pass rush for the Bears, like, am I missing something or is it a little off this year? Uh, no, you're not missing anything. We're, we're not very good in the past. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's rushing a game, and and a lot of people have kind of come to the consensus that it falls on Pagano, uh, Chuck Pagano, our our defensive coordinator, because two years ago in 2018, when we virtually had about the same roster, we were tops in the league or near the top uh, with sacks. We were near the top in pressures. I mean, we were constantly down the quarterback's throats that Monday night game um, week two of 2018, we sacked Russell Wilson five times in the first half. Uh, You know, we had multiple five and six sack games uh, throughout the season. Khalil Mack missed two or three games, still had 13 sacks that year uh, and things like that. Uh, It's just that when, when Bigano took over last year, we were still a solid unit. We're a top five scoring defense. Even with injuries, we lost Hakeem Hicks for half the season with an elbow injury. We, we lost uh, Trevathan and, and Roquan Smith and, you know, whoever, you know, Pagano put out there, we were producing, but we still weren't getting to the quarterback. It was one of our big Achilles heels last year, and it has carried over uh, into the season. Only now um, we don't have Eddie Goldman this year, so we're vulnerable against the run, and the pass rush just isn't getting home. And, and, and like you said, only four quarterback hits, only three quarterbacks hit this year. We're, we're actually not really getting to the quarterback either, causing uh, much pressure either. And, and, you know, we feel like it's, it's got to be a scheme issue because under Fangio, we had no problem whatsoever getting to the quarterback or forcing the issue or getting hurries and hits and things like that. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Saint, the Saints scored 26. 
against you guys. And, and that, that was including overtime. So it's 23 in regulation. Yeah. Um, to me, that's not enough offensively. If you're the Saints and you're trying to game plan against the Chicago defense, well, and remember, they didn't have Michael Thomas last time, so that helped. Or Sanders. Yeah. What's, what, or Callaway. Or Sanders. Right. <laughs> so they were missing their top three receivers. But what's the blueprint? Just uh, I saw the Green Bay scored a bunch on you guys, but what's the blueprint? Well, uh, number one, you have a, an advantage, the same advantage that Green Bay has is that you've got a very smart, offensive-minded coach. And the one thing that scares me just before the, you know, we even talk about the players is that Peyton is a genius. And uh, the things that I've seen him do against us and against everybody else, it's just, you know, they, they always seems to be able to find a weakness or a vulnerability that he can exploit against his opponents, and that's why you guys have been so successful. Talking about this particular defense, attack the middle of the field. Because Danny Trevathan, as good a great as good a football player as that guy is, as great a leader as he is, he if if you throw the, the ball to anyone that Danny Trevathan is covering him, you will just find Danny Trevathan trailing in coverage. You will see the back of his jersey chasing the guy he's supposed to be covering. He can't do it. And uh, you know we're like crossing routes in the behind the linebacker in front of the safety all day. You guys eat all day if you do that. In fact. The touchdown that, in my opinion, won you guys the game just before halftime. If you guys don't score that touchdown before halftime eight yep. weeks ago, it's a completely different and, ball game. And that was, that's exactly what Peyton did. He ran that was, to the right side on the first one. The, the, the receiver dropped it, so he just flipped the formation and ran it back. The guy was still open, and there it was. There was the touchdown and, that, in my opinion, made the difference in the and game. And, Larry, that, to me, that was malpractice because Cook was the only – decent receiver the Saints had on the roster besides Kamara yeah, exactly. and he was still and he was still killing you guys wide open on both plays wide open on both plays and that's why you know I say attack the middle of the field like the the touchdown that killed us on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon was for some reason Pagano thought it'd be a great idea for um Trevathan to cover Marquez Valdez Scantling one-on-one and with no safety help yeah with no safety help it was an empty <laughs> formation zero coverage and we're blitzing Duke Shelley, our our our, uh, our nickel corner, on the play as well. And so, and not only that, but we're also going to have Trevathan step into the formation as if he's blitzing, and then drop back, uh, covering a guy who runs a four three eight forty. So, brilliant idea across the board. Seventy two yards later, this uh, the Packers are celebrating in the end zone. So that's the kind of mind you're up against this weekend. <laughs> well, it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, and Ralph, I, you know. I'm just looking at the stats from last time these two teams played. Kamara had nine catches for 96 yards. Jared Cook, five catches for 51 and a touchdown. I mean, that, that that's what you do when you're attacking the middle of the field, right? You're using your tight end. You're using your running back in space. And uh, so Sean Payton seems to agree with Larry. That, that, that At least that was the game plan yeah. uh, back when these two teams played earlier in the year. So, you know, Ralph, I'm just curious if Alvin Kamara playing in this game is maybe even more critical than we think. Well, it's critical, but my thing is, Larry, like, the Saints went into – like, it's – you know, they have that, that famous clip that Saints fans always reference of Sean Payton yelling at uh, – I think he's yelling at Joe Vitt when Dallas Clark is just roasting the Saints in the Super Bowl against the Colts. And he's like, it's a sin to let their best player beat us. That's a sin. And I'm not saying Jared Cook is the Saints' best player, but he was their best receiver besides Kamara in that first matchup. And yeah. he was open all the time, Larry. Like, what is Pagano doing? Like, I don't know 
dick about X's and O's. And I would be like, make sure Jared Cook doesn't catch the ball. Like, it just, it's, it, it, it was, it was, it was stunning to me rewatching it. Yeah. And it's, it's the thing. It's like, I'm not, I'm, I, I know I have a basic understanding of, of X's and O's. I'm nowhere near on the NFL level, but you know, like you said, you know, Sean Payton would agree with me. It's like, A, Sean Payton is smart. B, Sean Payton's got eyes. And he sees <laughs> that everybody else is attacking the middle of the field and they're eating all day long when they do it. And you would think that with the way that we run the defense or that the way that Pagano calls it and leaves the middle of the field as wide open as he does, that we don't have Eddie Jackson, that we don't have a fast, you know, steady linebacker in Roquan Smith or or anything like that, that we would drop those guys into that portion of the field or have Eddie Jackson, who's, you know, a ball hawk, or at least he was when Fangio was running the show, trolling that middle, that part of the field. Instead, we got him dropping back deep and uh, it's just not working out. And that's why I think that even if Nagy and Pace have saved their jobs for the year, Pagano has been digging himself a deeper and deeper hole since the bye week. Because before the bye week, if you listen to my show, you'd be hearing me say things like, the defense gave a victory-worthy performance. Our offense let us down. For the last six weeks, it's like the offense has been carrying the defense, which is like it, like in Stranger Things on Netflix. We're <laughs> in the upside-down world because that makes no sense, that our offense is carrying that defense with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson and Robert Quinn and Akeem. I can go on and on and on for the names that are on that side of the ball and all the money that side of the ball is making for the production we're getting out of them. It's got to be the guy that's telling them what to do. Uh, Larry, complete the sentence for me. The Bears win this game if? If the defense shows up. I mean, if, if the defense shows up, we have an offense that can actually score some points now. We can run the football and keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands so he's not distributing it to Kamara and Thomas and Cook and, and all those other guys that we didn't get to see uh, the first time around. If the defense shows up and performs like they did in the first 10 games of the season where they were worthy of a top 10 ranking that they had at the time, we have a shot. And if our offense can, can maintain and do what they've been doing and run the football, because if you look at the stats for the Packers game, we won that game everywhere except on the scoreboard. We won it everywhere. And the two places that, that Green Bay won on the stat sheet was they were four for four in red zone opportunities, and they got two turnovers to our one. Everywhere else, we had them beat. We ran 30 more plays than they did. We had 12 more minutes time of possession. Yeah. We had more passing yards, more rushing yards. We beat them everywhere except in those two critical areas. That's where the game was won for Green Bay. And if we can take advantage of our red zone opportunities – that will help us out tremendously as well. Listen, we stuff this podcast with ads like Jonathan Sullivan used to stuff his face with hot dogs during the pregame for Saints games. If you don't like the ads, sign up and become a patron today. Patrons get access to this podcast ad-free. No ads ever. And they get the Booze Bundle welcome box, four swag items, amazing, and a Saints player card and you get access to the Discord channel. Why wouldn't you do it? It's 10 bucks. You're practically making money. So do it today. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up to become a patron. That's saintshappyhour.com. Your run game, Montgomery, has been fantastic late in the year. He was a catalyst to the winching. He got 1,000 yards. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he had a big run against the Saints, but otherwise your run game for the Saints, it was kind of stale. He had the big 38-yard yeah. run, and it helped set up some things 
if he struggles running the ball and and he does let's let's say he's he's 20 carries 60 yards or it's not or you don't get 100 yards running the ball can you win can you manufacture points if you can't run the ball the first 10 weeks of the season would say no because that was the issue for the first because we had issues number one running the football uh we because our offensive line wasn't blocking it it was also a play calling issue uh with with Nagy constantly running more to the inside instead of you know trying to get outside runs or doing more of the zone uh blocking that would open up lanes for Montgomery to find he basically wanted Montgomery to lower his head in 3 yards in a cloud of dust <laughs> and then you know Nagy wants to throw the ball he does not want to run it which is why when all of a sudden Bill Lazor took over the play calling, the offense took a turn. We actually started being productive uh, on offense and everything, which is kind of what worried me is that I heard uh, someone say that he's been taking more of an active role in play calling lately, which, of course, just makes every Bear fan's butthole pucker right up. Because <laughs> the first 10 weeks of the season were a disaster, and Nagy was just like, oh, no, it's the scheme. We just need to execute. We just need to execute. It's like... You don't have a bunch of idiots on your football team. They've all been running this offense for three years, and they haven't figured it out yet. That's, you might want to change up what you're doing. That's a bad sign, though. When you're when you're yeah. when 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 your head coach, the guy you hired because of his offensive acumen, when you're like, oh no, he's starting to meddle with the offense again. That seems like a yeah. bad sign. It is. It's a terrible <laughs> sign, which is why he was fired six weeks ago. <laughs> uh, you know, when we were on a four-game losing streak going to the bye, and we had. 114 yards of total offense against the Vikings on Monday night before the bye week. And, you know, we come back the next week or after the bye week against Green Bay. Bill Lazor's calling the plays. Trubisky's back in there because Foles is hurt. Uh, we put up 25 points. Montgomery had a 100-yard day. Uh, you know, we look better and more co- cohesive on offense. And, and we've kind of been rolling uh, since then. It was the defense that let us down against Detroit and mm-hmm. – you know, then we had some bad football teams on the schedule that we were able to beat to get ready for that Green Bay game last week. So it's it's uh, if, if Nagy's taking an active role in play calling for the uh, Saints game, then we're in trouble all over again. Well, yeah, I'm guessing they've it sounds like they've figured that out, at least for this year. Uh, and, and they won't Knocked be doing on wood. that. Yeah. You know, D- so Dave's not here. And I know that he's going to be really mad at us if we don't bring this up because he's such a, such a insufferable homer. OK, uh, but uh, Darnell Mooney and Cairo Santos, you got a couple green green beans on your team, a couple green <laughs> wave players. OK, uh, it looks like Santos has only missed two kicks all year. It looks like Mooney's caught 60 passes, which for a two lane wide receiver is probably an all time record. Um, it's a Bears just, rookie record, actually. Wow. Okay. So just curious uh, if you could tell us real quick about those two two lane players and it uh, seems like they've had good years. Well, Santos, uh, you know, he's kind of had a career uh, resurgence because he was actually an all pro kicker years ago when he was with the, the chiefs, but I guess he had like some kind of catastrophic groin injury, basically tore it off the bone. And he's been spending the last few years kind of floating around the league, trying to find his stroke again. He's actually, this is his second run with the bears. He was with us a few years ago when John Fox, uh, was the coach and he re-injured himself and basically never got a chance to kick for us and this year he was a camp leg because Eddie Pinero is supposed to be our kicker but Eddie Pinero had an issue uh, with an injury in camp so Santos was the default kicker and then has been kicking so well it was like Eddie 
Panero? Is that is that, that guy's name? I was like, we just we haven't seen him yet. Like as far as I know, Eddie Panero is still on the IR because I never saw uh, an alert said that we cut him uh, or anything. He started the season on the IR. As far as I know, he's still there because Santos has been lights out for us uh, all season. And then Mooney, um, I don't know what it is about Ryan Pace. He has very, very, very mixed results with his top picks. But, man, can he find a guy in the fifth round? Uh, you know, he found Jordan Howard in the fifth round. He found um, uh, Bilal Nichols in the fifth round. Travis Gibson's been a good pick for us this year. And he's got Darnell Mooney with our last pick in the fifth round uh, uh, this year. And he has been uh, lights out for us, man. I mean, he played so well. He's basically our number two receiver and has been since about week two uh, of the NFL season. I mean, he's... And 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 I I wish the kid weighed 198 instead of 178 because to play like he does and to be the smallest guy on the field at the same time uh, is is gonna it actually it, it it cost him the fourth quarter of the game on Sunday because he's that one that's gonna try to dig out and get every yard he can and lower his shoulder into the guy instead of trying to run around him or skirt out of bounds and he actually ended up running into somebody who was bigger and stronger and knocked him out of the game on Sunday. Well, that's a, that's a good thing about Deontay Harris for the Saints. He's super tiny, but I notice he's very good at that. He's like, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna we'll skedaddle. Let's see another day. I'm just yeah, he's a football player, and he and but I mean, football players they just want to play football. They're gonna yeah. lower their head. They're gonna get dirty. They're not afraid of contact. And uh, Mooney's one of those guys. The only problem is he weighs 178 pounds in a league full of guys that don't weigh 178 pounds. <laughs> so. It's, well, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're you're familiar with the Ted Ginn experience. That that's oh. the polar, that's the oh. polar opposite. You know, he he constantly does what I like to call business decisions. Well, yeah. he businessed his way right off the bear roster. <laughs> yeah. On Monday <laughs> well, night fought. football against the L.A. Rams, when he literally, as our punt returner, did not touch the ball once that whole game. And the <laughs> whole game, the Bears were starting from the ten yard line, the five yard yeah. line the seven-yard line, when we couldn't play offense. So he just constantly handicapping the team. And uh, the game was on Monday. He was cut by Tuesday. He was yeah, gone Ted, after that. Ted Ginn finally, at the age of 75, was unable to yeah. run in the NFL. All right, now to the important stuff. Is Javon Wims going to be able to resist the urge to punch <laughs> Chauncey Gardner in the face? Chauncey I Gardner am Johnson. stunned he's still on the team. Like, I cannot believe he survived um, the the suspension uh, or any of that. I mean, I was floored when I saw what happened, and even more so when it ended up like what this was all about. And it's like, and especially when he was warned by Mike Furry, our wide receiver coach, 22 likes to stir some, stir it up. He likes to he's you know, he likes to talk. Yes. He likes to get into your head. You can't let him do it. And what did he do? He let him do it. And <laughs> to the point where he literally lost his mind right there on the field in front of everybody. Like he did not make any effort whatsoever to hide it or to, you know, uh, to, to shield it, whatever, you know, kind of like maybe get some in and maybe get him poking the ribs with an elbow. Nothing rips his mouthpiece off that was the first move and then literally which is always a great idea to to use your bare hand to punch a man in the face wearing a fiberglass helmet always a great idea and he goes ahead and he does that and it's just like you know he, i like the i like the clapping on the sidelines after the uh, ejection too yeah yeah always yeah it just uh 
to be. It was just one of those moments, and it it, 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 it at a time when the Bears were in need of momentum, he single-handedly murdered it. So, well, to be was, fair. Uh, to be fair, yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, like it's very difficult to not punch him in the face. I mean, even Saints players on his own team. Well, yeah, I know Michael Thomas punch him punched face. him in the face earlier this year. So, I know that this is a guy that likes to stir it up. That he, that you know, he likes to live rent free in somebody's <laughs> head. And uh, you know, the Bears were aware of this. Like this guy got punched in the face by his own teammate earlier this year. So a guy that's supposed to love him and care about him you know, just threw caution to the wind, decided to haul off and punch him in the face. You might not want to get mixed up with this dude because he'll get you in a place you don't want to be, and Javon Wims walked right into it. Mm, brutal. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof with which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replacement blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turn off. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. So, so. It was brutal. You know, Larry, I always like to when we have people on this on this podcast, guests from other te- they cover other teams, and it's a big game for the Saints. You know, because you know the Bears better than we know the Bears, and we kind of know the Saints better than you. And I feel like Saints fans, <laughs> we can watch a Saints game and we can see little subtle things early in the game where we're like, "Oh shit!" And it might not even be <laughs> like a like an obvious big play or a turnover. We can we can see little subtle things. We're like, oh shit, this is this is not good for the Saints. So what are what are some signs that you'll be looking for in the first quarter, quarter and a half that are sort of subtle things that the Bears will either be doing well and you'll be getting excited, or you'll be like, oh, fuck, we're in trouble. <laughs> Well, um, I will be getting worried about where we're at, and I will get worried about who's actually calling the plays because that's come into question this week. Uh, If all of a sudden we look confused and we're calling random timeouts uh, because (laughs) we don't have the right guys on the field all of a sudden, uh, you know. And then the really fun part, guys, is that when we call that timeout, the next play is usually a clusterfuck. I mean, it's just... (laughs) It is remarkable that we took a timeout. We took it specifically to get our ducks in a row, and apparently we just pushed the ducks off the edge because it's just chaos out there. Somebody goes the wrong way. We still don't have a guy where he needs to be. We're, you know, we're, we're shifting guys right up to the last second. Um, that's when we'll know if it's Nagy that's calling the plays because the offensive guys have no idea what to do. 
Uh, and then as far as positive goes, I guess it would be more like um, you just kind of get a sense of the guys and how they're feeling, especially on the defensive uh, side. They'll be a little bit more animated and talking to each other and, uh, and things like that. That's when you know the defense is kind of feeling it. Haven't seen it a lot in the last six weeks, but earlier in the year, you saw a lot of it. Well, I got to be honest, just uh, reading the temperature of your, your, I guess it's your voice. I can't say body language, but just your voice language, just hearing you speak about this game and just gauging the temperature. I got to say, like, I mean, first of all, I'm shitting my pants about the playoffs because how could you not as a Saints right. fan, right? How the last three years have gone. We've, Brutal, we've had three, three, three straight yeah. walk off losses in the playoffs. So, you know, obviously I, we could be playing. I mean, Ralph made the joke earlier this week that we could be playing McDonough 35, who's a New Orleans high school team, and we'd be nervous just because right. of how things have gone. But I have to say I was kind of – I mean, I wasn't expecting you to come on here and shit on your team and, and say we're the worst, you're going to win by 50 because it's, you know, single elimination, it's the playoffs, anything can happen. But right. I, I feel like just hearing you speak, I, I actually feel even a little bit more nervous about this game, like the Bears feel like they could come in and win this. Well, I mean, it's it's a mixed bag, honestly, because – I'm I'm I, I feel better about where we are offensively so that, you know, we can actually try to make something out of this. I mean, because the blueprint for a team like the Saints is the, the exact blueprint we ran against Green Bay on Sunday. The opening drive, seven and a half minutes. We put it in the end zone for a touchdown. The last and only touchdown we scored in that game. Every other opportunity after that, we're settling for field goals. And that's a recipe for disaster when you're playing an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees who has the the ability and the horses to hurt you on virtually any play. And that's why I'm saying we have a shot if the defense can contain the offense. Not stop it, but contain it, because there's no stopping you guys. you got to slow them down. Uh, you got to contain them. Uh, you got to slow the bleeding, if you will. So, uh, I, I, And that's why it's, it's kind of a, you know, like a 55, 60% like confidence level going into this thing because I think that the offense can score enough points if we can slow you down. But lately, uh, we haven't been slowing anybody down. You know, we had one big day against Deshaun Watson and the Texans four weeks ago. Outside of that, it's been a mess since the bye week. You know, Larry, I tweeted out, I was so I was because you know the Saints we wanted the Bears to win because we wanted the we wanted the outside shot at the Saints getting a bye. I tweeted at Nagy. That he's a uh, that he's a coward, and my thing <laughs> is with the Bears. I look at Nagy. I don't think he's that good of a coach. But also, I don't. His temperament to me, he's not aggressive enough. And as I'm listening to you, he sort of coaches the game like his defense is good, when really yeah. against the Saints, like if he has fourth and two from the. 15 like he needs to be going for that or fourth and one at the eight like he needs to be going for that and not kicking yeah. field goals and I just do you think there's any chance that he changes his conservative coward mindset in this game and is like hey we're playing the Saints we're on the road we got to score touchdowns field goals ain't going to get it done and he's a little bit more aggressive than he otherwise might be well the funny thing is that he talks about both sides of his mouth when it comes to things like that like what you just said, we need to go for touchdowns and not settle for field goals. He said that all week leading up to the Green Bay game. And then we play Green Bay, and what are we doing? 
settling for goddamn field goals instead of going for <laughs> touchdowns. You know, we're we're fourth and goal from the two yard line. We're kicking a twenty yard field goal instead of taking a shot at putting Aaron Rodgers at the two yard line with his back to the goal line. I mean, it's. But it sounds I know like it's he, still, it sounds like he has PTSD. Like he's like, I got I got to get points when I can get them. Yeah, and and it's it it works if your defense is playing well, right. and they're not. So you have to take these shots where you can get them. You have to take these shots when you, when you have them. And, you know, the best example of this would be last year when we played the Chargers. Um, you know, we, we lost it. We had a lead. We lost it. But we're in a position to kick the game winning field goal. And on second down, instead of running the ball or, you know, knocking some to, to get the kicker closer, things like that, Nagy's kneeling on the ball. And after, and of course, Eddie Pinero. Uh, and uh, would have liked a for the ball to be on the other hash and B obviously he would have, you know, used news a few extra yards. Instead, we basically sat where we were and Pinero actually missed the field goal uh, <laughs> kicking. If he would have been on the left side, it would have been straight down the middle, but he was on the right. So he hooked it to the right. Uh, it didn't work out. And afterwards, everyone, when they asked Nagy, what the hell, man, you, you were, you kicked the, you feel kicked the field goal on third down. You had timeouts and, you know, you, you were having some success moving the football. Why didn't you go for it? He's like, well, what if we fumbled? And, you know, God forbid we pass. What if Mitch gets sacked and then we're even out of field goal range? It's like, how about you not be a pussy and trust your offense and <laughs> see what happens rather than just calling for disaster before anything happens? You, you know, know? It's, it's interesting to hear you say that and hear you say that Sean Payton's a genius because it just it, hearing you explain that scenario that's something that would almost, and we're spoiled, right? Because he's been the coach for what sixteen years, route more, seventeen yeah. years. But, but we're we're just so used to like that would never happen because he's so detail oriented, well, and he would be like, it needs to be on this hash. There needs to be this much time left. I need yeah, to call it. That's why out. against at, you guys. At this point. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Against the Bears, he didn't run the clock down to make sure that either Lutz makes the field goal and the Saints win or he misses it and it's a tie. If Lutz would have missed it, the Bears would have had the ball and had one more chance to win. And after the game, the media was like, Sean, what the hell? You're usually great at this stuff. And he's like, yeah, we need to look at like running the clock down. It's, it, was, it was stunning that, it was, that he was so bad at it. But it's, it's really interesting that you bring up Nagy. So – Larry, we got to get out of here. Thanks for giving us so much time. Give us no a problem, prediction guys. for the game on Sunday. Okay. Uh, best case, I think the Bears can win like, you know, 24, 21, something like that. Reality based, we're probably looking like 34 to 20 uh, Saints. All right. Thank you so much, Larry. You you gave us uh, even more time when they ask. Uh, tell the people, tell Saints fans how they can find you the rest of the week when they need their Bears uh, information and fix as we get ready for Saints Bears. Tell them how they can find you. Sure. It's uh, the name of the show is Bears Talk Underground. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, you name it. And uh, on the I'm on the social medias, BTU underscore Larry. All right, thanks, thanks, Larry, for joining us. Guys, thanks for joining us. Become a patron so you can get this podcast every day. It's been great. We will see you again tomorrow.